0: My heart is receptive, my My ears are open, open. and I I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same, in Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you today for your great word. We thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit that's here to minister to us. And Father, I pray that you would take the words off of this page, plant them deep inside of our hearts and let our lives reflect the fruit of what we know and what we believe to be true. And Father, I thank you that that the manifestation of your blessings will continue to flow in our lives as we submit our wills and our hearts to you. And I pray, Lord, that you will use me as a vessel fit and meet for the master's use. Because Father, only you can minister to all the people that are here that's not something a man can do that's only something God can do and so I thank you now for speaking to every heart by your spirit in Jesus name amen and amen God bless you you may be seated I'm so excited this morning because I don't know what direction I'm gonna go but I know I'm going in a direction Uh, We're in a new series entitled Matters of the Heart. Everybody say Matters of the Heart. And your heart is the most important part of you as a person because your heart is where you conceive, your heart is where you believe, and your heart is where you receive. And your heart and the condition of it not only affects your relationship with God, but it also affects how much you are able to access His promises. uh, for your life and the quality of life that you live as a believer. And so two weeks ago, I covered the first lesson, which was Matters of the Heart, and we started the series. And today I want to focus on how our hearts aid us in believing God. And I want to kind of talk about two motives of the heart. Because when you can see that your heart really affects you every single day, it'll challenge you to keep a heart That's pure and clean. So many times we have opportunities in life to contaminate our heart. And we allow it to happen at times because we don't see that that the condition of our heart determines the level of our manifestation. So I want to hopefully this morning show you how powerful it is that God's put something inside of you that will allow you to believe him for his best, for your best. Turn to uh, Romans chapter 10 and then Acts chapter 8. That was Romans chapter 10. I'm going to start in verse 8. And then I'm going to, I want you to find Acts chapter 8, and I'm going to start in verse 29. We define the heart as the inner man. It's where your will is located. It's where your soul resides. Your soul consists of your mind, your will, your thoughts, and how you feel. The New Testament, the word heart means the seat of spiritual life. It's the place where your passions, thoughts, desires, and affections come out of. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, "Guard your heart, or keep your heart without diligence, because out of it flows the issues of life." So your heart is where your life flows from, and so as we look in Romans chapter ten, let me show you this now. Before we we read the verse, I want you to I want to give you a visual of how this whole thing looks. I want you to, if you're taking notes, I want you to draw a big circle on your page. Draw a big circle. And then on the outside of that circle, right around the the circle itself, I want you to put spirit. Now, you know what? Don't do it that way. On the outside of the circle, I want you to put your heart. That's what I want you to do. Draw the circle. On the outside, I want you to put your heart. Then I want you to draw another circle like you're drawing a bullseye. Draw another circle in that circle. And that circle, I want you to name that Spirit. And then, uh, well, you can put Holy Spirit, but when I say Spirit, Holy Spirit. And then I want you to draw a smaller circle, and I want you to put your soul. Because I'm going to show you here that your heart has the Holy Spirit in it. We read that two weeks ago. And by definition, my soul is located in my heart. So this is why sometimes people find it hard to hear from God or God's voice sounds like their voice because this is what happens. Until you grow up in God, this is the way I hear God most of the time. When God speaks, remember now, he's in my heart. When he speaks, he speaks directly to my heart. That's how I can hear him and never miss at all. But then until I grew up in that, God would speak to my heart. But watch this, my heart would speak to my soul. And that's why the voice sounds like your voice. And if your mind's not renewed, you know what's going to happen? Your mind cannot tell the difference between the right thing and the wrong thing until it has the word in there. That's why Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may be able to prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. So my mind can help me know the will of God. So watch this. When the spirit of God is speaking in my soul, I can still in a renewed mind go, that was God talking to me. But eventually you ought to be able to hear spirit to spirit. And so in Hebrews, you don't have to turn there, but in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says, but the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And watch this. It says, and it divides asunder between soul and spirit. See, the soul and the spirit are so on top of each other, it only takes the Word to divide the two. And that's why if you don't stay in the Word, you will not know what's right or wrong. So in Romans chapter 10... It says here, uh, I love this. But what saith it, I'm sorry, in verse 8. The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach, verse 9, that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved, verse 10. For with the heart man does what? With the heart man does what? Okay, here's the first point I want you to write down. Your heart is where you believe. Your heart is where you believe. And many people who have believed God in the past is so far from where they are today that they really need their resume spiritually updated. You say, well, what do you mean by that, Pastor? Some of you all, God moved in your life in a major way. You knew it was Him in 2012. Well, it's, I mean, 2000. This is 2012. Now, 12 years later, here's my question. When was your last Red Sea experience that you can look back and say, God brought me out of that? And if you can't look at your life and over the last few years see something major that God told you to do and you did it and you saw his power work out in your life, your spiritual resume needs updated. There is nothing like knowing that the God of the universe is inside of me and will walk with me through the fire. There's nothing like knowing that. Amen. Now, the word believe, when you look it up, it means to credit. Everybody say the credit. It means to think to be true. I want you to think of believing like a credit card. You have some credit on it. And even though you don't pay for the item yet, you walk up to there and you just swipe the card. Guess what? As long as you have sufficient credit on there, what do they do? They give the item. They bag it up. They pull out a what? A receipt. You sign the receipt, right? And then you go home, even though you haven't paid for the item. And that's what believing is. Believing is mentally knowing that this is right. That God is going to do it. But see, the difference between believing and faith is this. Believing is just having that knowledge that, yes, I know God can do it. But having faith is actually putting some works behind it and doing it. That's the difference between the two. As a matter of fact, I I need it. Where's Bruce? I want to use Bruce. Bruce, come up here. Uh, I want to show you the difference between believing and having faith. So you can leave home with an example. Okay, Bruce, how many seen people get slain in the spirit? Y'all seen that before? Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask him to act like he's being slain in the spirit, and uh, I'm going to catch him. I had to get somebody small enough that I can hold him up. No offense, Bruce, no offense. Okay, on three, Bruce, I'm going to have you to follow. You ready? All right, here we go. Go. One, two, three. You look kind of heavy, man. I tell you what, come on, somebody lighter. come on up here, come on, I need a, I need a volunteer, here's this crazy volunteer coming up here, come on up here, stay up here, Bruce, how you doing, James, good, turn around, all right, on three, I'm going to catch you, Why y'all laughing? Now, here's the deal. Here's my question. Most of you all, had I not showed you, Bruce, y'all would have believed I'd have caught you. But see, most of y'all right now, y'all ain't got faith because you'd have came up here and let me do it. James has faith right here. Come on this way so everybody can see you. All right. Okay, you ready? On three. One, two, three. See that? Now, now because he believed in me, I'm going to give him $20 for coming up here. Thank you, James. Thank you. Appreciate that. Now, here's my question. You can leave, Bruce. Thank you. I'm going to give Bruce $50. Yes. I think I got a $50 bill in here too, Bruce. Let me see. Here you go, Bruce. $50 right here. He get double since he failed. By the way, we planned that, so I didn't actually just let him drop on the floor. He knew I was going to do that, okay? Some of y'all going home got that, Pastor, I can't believe that. Here's my question. What are you believing, and then what are you actually having faith for? Because faith without is what? But believing is necessary because believing says, I know God can and I know God will. And so whatever instructions God's willing to give me, I'm going the extra mile. Now go to Acts chapter 18, uh, Acts 8. Go to Acts 8 quickly. Go to Acts chapter 8. I want to show you again that you believe in the heart. In Romans chapter 10, it says, For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Look in Acts now, chapter 8. I'm going to start reading in verse 29 so we can see the context. Acts 29, it says, Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join yourself to this chariot. And Philip ran there to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understand what you read? In verse 31, he says, and he said, how can I accept some man guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. Now I'm jumping down to verse 34. And the eunuch answered uh, and said, I pray you of whom you speak, the prophet of this, of himself or some other man. Verse 35. Then Philip opened his mouth and began to uh, began at the same scripture and preached unto him, Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came into a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What does hinder me from being baptized? And Philip said, Watch this now. If you, what? If you believe with what? How much? All of your what? So where do you believe? You believe in your heart. Right there, Mark 9, Jesus said, If you can believe All things are possible. So the possibilities of my life are controlled by what I believe and the place where I believe it. I'm going to say that again. The possibilities of my life are not determined by the economy. It's not determined by if my boss likes me or not. It's not even determined whether I have a proper education. My possibilities are defined by my believing and my believing takes place in my heart. And Jesus said, all things are possible to the person that can believe it. Which says to me that my heart, which is where I believe, is very important. And that's why the devil uses whoever and whatever to mess your heart up. Listen, you can't afford to let anybody mess your heart up. Listen, God's calling for your life is received in your heart. Your heart is so important that it's the place where we discover the will of God. Uh, Go to Ephesians chapter 6. Go to Ephesians chapter 6 and then we're going to look at verse 6. Ephesians 6 verse 6. Our hearts are so important that that's where we receive the will of God. And so what happens is people get cluttered. They get their hearts. They don't realize that, man, I can believe God for anything. But if I have unforgiveness in my heart, if I have deception in my heart, if I have issues in my heart, then the very thing that God promised I could have, it's not that he's withholding it. It's because my heart is not fertile. For me to receive it. In Ephesians 6. Let me show you verse 6. It says. Not with eye service. This is talking about. This is how you work on your job. This is how you serve in the kingdom. He says. Not with eye service. As men pleasers. But as servants of Christ. Read it with me. Doing the will of God. From the what? Where do you do the will of God from? Okay. So if I do the will of God from my heart. Man, I have to make sure my heart stays good. Go to Psalm 78. Go to Psalm 78. Go to Psalm 78. Psalm 78. See, once you receive God's will for your life, you got to understand God's will is going to be performed, if you want to call it that, first from the integrity of your heart. See many people They know what God Wants them to do But God ain't ready For them to do it Because their hearts Are not right Some of you all Are not married Because your heart's Not right You say well pastor What do you mean You really want to Get married for you What are you going To do for me I want my knight To shine in armor But right now You need to shine Some armor Before you get a knight (laughs) Say well pastor What do you mean Okay Marriage is really designed for you to help make that person's life better. But you getting married and it's all about you. But my question is, what are you? I I, I can pretty much say that my wife and I have been married 17 years. I think she would testify and say I have made her life better. And not only that, I have made her a better person. Now, I don't know if she can say that about me. (laughs) She's still working on me though, okay? Psalm 78, watch verse 72. So he, David, fed them, the children of Israel, according to the integrity of his heart. Listen, integrity starts in the heart. So if I want to believe God for something, but I don't have integrity, I'm talking about some people who want to start businesses, but you don't have integrity. Integrity. And it takes integrity first, listen now, it takes integrity first and then your skill or giftedness or talent second. See if your hand, notice it says here, he led him, they led him, he led them by the integrity of his heart and the skillfulness of his hand. Just because you have a talent doesn't mean that things are going to work out right. Your heart has to be right. You can't start a business to make money. You start a business to help people. Okay. Go to Proverbs 11 quickly. Go to Proverbs 11. Let me read this to you. Notice it says, he fed them according to the integrity of his heart. And you know what? When you have high integrity in heart, and when I say integrity, meaning pureness, God looks at that And he says, you know what? They're ready now for more blessings in their life. In Proverbs 11, look in verse 3. It says, the integrity of the upright shall guide them. That's why a lot of believers are misguided because they have no integrity. It says, the integrity of the upright shall do what? So my guidance, listen now, where are you guided from? You're guided from the spirit of God, which he guides you in the heart. So if my heart is not right, I will eventually get misguided. And that's what happens to a lot of people. They start out right and they end up wrong. That's what happened to pastors sometimes. They started out right wanting to help people and then they get sidetracked. It's so easy to get sidetracked in the kingdom. That's why, man, you got to stay around good people, stay in the word yourself, stay before God. Because, listen, the devil, I, I'll never forget, the devil tried just several times. You know, because people, uh, people have great intentions, but sometimes they can be sincerely wrong. And somebody will see your gift inside of you and be like, girl, or oh man, you need to be pastoring right now. Man, you about as half-baked as a cookie dough from Sarah Lee. No, no, no. I remember when I thought I was ready to start preaching. This wasn't even by pastoring because I hadn't even received that call yet. I, I just knew I was supposed to preach. And I just thought I was the best preacher in the world. And I was a part of a small church. And I was like, when are they going to let me preach? When they going to let me preach? When are they going to let me preach? And finally, they let me preach. I did pretty good first time. Notice, I heard, notice what I said. Who did good, pretty good first time? so then they let me preach again and boy I was full of myself just like you know how many remember Thunderbird I mean the drink Thunderbird how many remember how many drink Thunderbird let me see (laughs) here do they make Thunderbird now yeah okay (laughs) how you know (laughs) I'm just messing with okay I was full of myself, got up there, did an awful job. I was so embarrassed. But that was good for me. Because, see, I thought, y'all remember, well, what, there was a song growing up. I know I'm feeling old school right now. Mr. Big Stuff, who do you think you are? You know. <laughs> My heart wasn't right. Listen to that verse in the message translation. The integrity of the honest keeps him on track. You know why you're getting off? Because your heart off. You know how you can get off in your relationship? Your heart gets off. It's so easy to get your heart off in a relationship too because all the other person has to do is not do something or not say something or somebody else with ill intention says something to do you to, to contaminate how you see your spouse. You got to believe that that person is in your life for life and can't nothing or nobody do anything to separate you from the person. So here's the second point as I get ready to wind this down. Your heart is where you believe, but then your heart is where you're deceived. See, here's the deal. Whatever you allow your heart to believe becomes true to you, whether it's biblical or not. I'm going to say that again. Whatever you allow your heart to believe becomes truth to you, whether it is biblical truth or not. See, the average person, I believe, have trained their heart to believe truth, whatever, uh, based on life's experiences. In other words, uh, see, some of you all are experiencing things you never should have experienced. For instance... Uh, and I want to go on record. You know, I, I would say that you know, if you are dating a guy and he he wasn't going to church when he met you, and then you invited him to church, and so he's coming to church now. I used to say, you know, that if you marry him, he not gonna, you know, he's gonna stop going to church because the only reason he came to church was you. Well, you know, I, I met recently some some brothers who uh, were led here at this church by some women, and they busted up, but they still here. So, I go on record saying we got some good men in here. Amen? But what happens if you are dating people as a single person, just like you try on clothes when you're buying them? You know how you buy clothes you try them on, and you're going to put them back, and then you try some more on and you put them on? Some of you all date like that. And the reason why all of these people you're dating are dogs. Look at your neighbor and say, do you have on a flea collar? Do you have on a flea collar? <laughs> now, don't think I'm just talking about men. you know, ladies can be dogs too now. But the only reason you now have that perception that, man, ain't nobody out there for me. And it seems like there are no committed men out there. Because you were dating people you never should have dated. And because you consistently had these dates that weren't good, they are now causing your life's experiences to believe there are no good men out there. Or women out there, when if you had never done that and just waited on the Lord and dated who He told you, you wouldn't have a bad mind when it comes to that. Y'all understand what I'm saying? So you're deceived in your heart. Check this out. Jeremiah 17. Let's let's close with that. Go to Jeremiah 17. Your heart is where you believe, but your heart is where you're deceived. And man, I tell you what. Here's the famous ver- same famous thing that Christians say. We say this. God knows my heart. How many have said that before? Raise your hand. Uh-huh. God knows my heart. Yeah, he does, but do you know it? Have you ever done something you didn't think you'd ever do? Raise your hand if you have. Uh huh. Yeah, you did something. And you, you know why? Because you didn't know your heart. Look in Jeremiah chapter 17. Look in verse 9. It says the heart is deceitful. Above all things. And it's desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doing. The word deceitful there means sly, slippery, and crooked. He's saying, man, the heart of a man is deceitful, is sly, is slippery, and is crooked above all things. Listen, the heart is where I believe. I got to get that thing right. Now, write down Isaiah 40, verse 4. It says, every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight. The word crooked is the same word deceitful in here, in uh, what we just read in Jeremiah. So guess what? Our hearts can be deceived, and our hearts are where our motives come from. That's why you have to watch why you do what you do. You have to watch it. I mean, you know, are you going in, do you buy your coworkers a, a coffee or a juice because there's more to it than just giving them a juice? Hmm? Just look at your neighbor and just shake your head. Just, just, just shake your head. Motives are things that we do and why we do them. So here's my question as as a Christian this morning. If your motive is wrong and you don't know it and you start walking because your, your heart is wrong, your motive is off, and you get over here and God does not show up, then we get disappointed when it looks like it's God's fault when the only reason I wanted that new car was to show it off anyway. I mean, why do you buy what you buy? Do, you know, most women, they don't buy for themselves. They buy for compliments. Girl, you look good in that dress. You ain't buy that dress because you liked it? No, I will take that back. Y'all do like it. But you also want a compliment. Come on now. Anybody? Come on. Five honest souls in this place. Your heart is being deceived right now. You really like compliments. The heart is deceitful. Desperately wicked. Who can know it? When you, but the same place that you believe, the same place where you are deceived is the same place you can be freed. David said in Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Man, that's the, let me tell you something. You want hundredfold manifestation? Live a freed hard life where nobody can upset you. Now, they might, you know, they might get under your skin and make you scratch, but they won't make you cuss. You just look at them and just shake your head at them and say, you know what? I love you. Jesus loves you. And if I had some anointing oil, I would lay my hands on you. Here's my question. What area of your heart has a dark spot in it? It could be because of your relationship with your parents, relationship with your spouse, relationship towards your kids. But where is that spot in your heart that's dark? When I say dark, if God told you to do something right now about it before today, you wouldn't do nothing. In other words, some of you all need to go back and amend some things with some people. Because I'm telling you, you know, this is a year open doors. Some doors are going to stay locked until you go and do something. Some of you all need to go and apologize to some people and get some things right. And some of you all need to go and forgive some past employers. You don't have to talk to them, but just, just say, Lord, I, I'm upset that they fired me. I'm upset that my husband has walked off on me. Left me with these kids. If you don't watch it, that's going to stop God's best coming into your life. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, my question to you this morning is, what dark spot in your heart needs to be cleansed? Even as David said, created me a...